We are in a mini-series that we've titled, Yet Will I. Everybody say, Yet Will I. Yet Turn to the person next to you and say, Yet Will I. We started this little mini-series uh, last week. I think we're going to close it out right here this week. And our whole focus and premise is no matter what's going on in life, I'm still going to praise him. Yet will I. What I wanted to do with this series is I wanted to awaken you. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 40 years. What happens sometimes is we get so inundated with the things of this world that we forget that he's worthy of praise no matter what happens in our life. And we, we get in bad habits and, and we start... You know, medicating, even as Christians, in ways that we shouldn't. And at the end of the day, we were created and made to worship Him. And when we engage with Him in worship, supernatural things happen. When we engage with Him and commune with Him and declaring His goodness and singing and, 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 and literally confessing and engaging with the Lord through worship and praise, what happens is things shift. The atmosphere around us, it shifts. So today... So as we move into this part two, I was thinking, I want to move into more practical. Like, how do you do that? How do you, how do you worship, you know, when you work construction or you work in an office? How do, how do I have a daily worship engagement with the living God? And I thought, you know, instead of me trying to share that with you, how about, ding, we get our own worship leader to come help us. And so today, would you give a warm welcome to the stage, Pastor Lance Byler, as he comes and helps us, teach us how to worship. Oh, Love you so much, man. I tell you what, I love me some Lance Byler. You guys don't know this, but Lance Byler uh, is from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Or as they say it, Lancaster. And, uh, and he is Amish, if you didn't figure that out yet. So I'm not. <coughs> he is Amish. Not Amish. He, he can build a barn by himself in a day. <coughs> That's true. Still not, I'm not Amish. <coughs> Uh, his family actually left the Amish church. Uh, your grandparents did, right? Yeah. But you, yep. you are Amish. You really are. I'm not. That's yes, okay. you are. Receive it. <laughs> he really is. That's why, you know, it, every time he sings a gospel song, it's a miracle. I just want to point that out. Point that out. Lance, how did, how did you, I mean, was it your life dream to be a worship leader? How did you become, uh, how did you get to that? How did that come about? Yeah. Um, first of all, good morning. How you doing, everybody? Uh, <clears throat> I grew up in church, so a lot of people will, yeah, yes I did. <laughs> Thank you. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people will use that phrase, I grew up in church, as a negative. I grew up in church, and they hurt me, and so I left the church, and God's not real. That's not my story. I grew up in, a, in an amazing, life-giving church, a, a wonderful community of people who just doing their best to love the Lord, a lot like us, you know, just trying to love Jesus, and just a beautiful expression um, uh, to grow up in. And so all I've ever known is, is, is church. And my mom was um, actually involved in the worship team. She was, on, uh, she was a background vocalist. And so my earliest memories of worship... She was a what? She was a background vocalist. A background yeah, vocalist. Yeah, BGV, but you know, background. Uh, uh, and she would lead songs occasionally. And, uh, and so my earliest memories of worship would be um, being with her at practice, running around the pews while, uh, while they're practicing and playing with my Legos and doing all that kind of stuff. Building barns. Building barns, yeah, absolutely. Building Lego barns. That's how they train Amish people to build barns, is they use Legos first. Um, and so, uh, and, so um, and, and I've, I've got a large family, and so... Uh, like, no, I'm you. So a lot of them are musical, and when I was 12, I decided uh, to, to venture into music, and so I started learning how to play the clarinet, 
Because um, which, as you know, that's it, the pathway to worship leading, right I there. Is a clarinet. I figured. Uh, I figured Chris Tomlin has the acoustic guitar, and right? So I'll grab the clarinet and yeah. then worship from it. That's awesome. Uh, long story short, I hated the clarinet. I don't Absolutely know why. hated it. I uh, didn't like it at all. And so gave up on that. And my mom encouraged me. She said, hey, you should try guitar. You should try guitar lessons. There was a guy in our church who gave guitar lessons um, who was on the worship team. Really good guitar player. And um, the rest is sort of history. I started playing guitar, wow. learned how to play songs, and joined the youth worship team. And before I knew it, um, the youth worship leader was going off to college. And so they said, hey, you want to lead the worship team? And How old were you? Uh, so when I first started playing on stage, I was probably 13 Wow. And then when I first started leading worship, like 15, 16. Ah, it's amazing. So, uh, amazing. spoiler alert, it wasn't good at that <laughs> point. It was, it was bad. But our, uh, our whole key scripture for this series is found in Psalms chapter 42 and verse 5. And it says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. The reason why we made that our key scripture for this little mini-series is because what we find here is the psalmist is saying, look, my life sucks. Everything around me is bad. It's affecting my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions. I can't keep my thoughts straight. I'm up and down emotionally. I'm so mad. I'm so angry. And then in the midst of declaring that truth, he says, but wait a minute. Why downcast my soul? Put your hope in God. Begin to praise him and worship him. Make a choice no matter what you're going through. That's really kind of the subtitle for today's teaching is that is we need to choose worship even when we don't feel it, even when it's not there, even when we're not excited. And there's some practical things that we want to get into today about how to choose worship, what that looks like. And, and you know, Lance, as a, as a worship pastor, you, 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 you were sharing something with me at the first of the year. You realized something had, had, wasn't right. Yeah. And you wanted to make a change on it. Tell me about that, that choice that you made. Yeah, we were doing our beginning of the year, our first of the year um, corporate fast. And so it was 21 days of fasting. Normally I did do like a food-based fast. And so the Lord really um, spoke to me before we started the fast and said uh, that to, to lay down media. Um, and so all media, social media, um, TV, uh, you know, Netflix, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I made a slight compromise with the Lord though because at that point the Eagles were still in the playoffs and so I wanted to see the Philadelphia Eagles play so two times two Psalms times, 42 okay. says why my soul are you downcast yeah those of you who don't know they uh, the Eagles two years ago they won the Super Bowl best team in the yeah so I don't know if you remember that just to remind um it was um you know and and not that like media is the devil or anything like that I just really felt like the Lord was speaking for me to do this. And as I did this, it was like an awakening. I, 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 all I can explain it as is it was, it was an awakening. It was um, a moment of clarity. For those 21 days, I had peace like I never knew. So I you had, would fast those things, and yeah. what did you replace that with? Um, so, you know, obviously just being in worship, connecting with the Lord. Um, so you uh, just sit in your living room and, and put yeah. on your favorite worship yeah. CD and just sit before the Lord. Yeah, get up early in the morning um, and 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 wow. read the Word and dig into the Word and and have the Word going and worship going um, um, throughout my day. Yeah. And um, yeah, just an awakening, just a really deep connection with the Lord, uh, and it was just a really good good time, good season for. I me. want you to help us as our worship pastor. You know, how do we, how can we engage God in worship 
daily. Like, give me some practical things. You know, sure. I, I appreciate all the doctrine and all the great revelation that I hear people preach about. But, man, how do, I, how do we do that? Yeah. You know, what does that look like practically? Yeah, well, in the same way that, you know, if you feed your body good food and you exercise and you do all of those things, you will see good return. Your spirit and your soul works the same way. Um, so it is, it is a, a gift choice that you have to make. I'm a worship leader. I do this as the passion of my heart and the gifting the Lord's given me. I do not always feel like engaging in worship during the week. There are times where I come home and it's like, man, I just want to turn my brain off. I want to turn on the TV or I want to do whatever. It's a conscious choice that you have to make mm. um, at times. Um, a real good practical piece that I have found is actually carving out time specifically day to day and even week to week. So if you know you're going to have 30 minutes, mm. find that 30 minutes. Schedule in your schedule. Okay, I'm going to 30 minutes. I'm going to turn off my phone. I'm going to remove all distractions and I'm just going to worship. I'm going to engage. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to engage with the Lord. That's a great place to start. I mean, just making a conscious driving to work. Yeah. Turn off Fox News, CNN, whatever you listen sure. to, whatever your favorite podcast sure. is, and just kind of let that space, you know, most of us have probably a 30-minute drive to work, yeah. and so just kind of carving that out Absolutely. here and there. I know for me, even at the end of the day, when I'm the most frustrated, um, is it's good for me to just kind of go sit yeah. and just sit with the Lord, and right yeah. now I'm, I'm really into, uh, Tasha Cobbs has this song that they're singing, uh, uh, He Knows My Name. Yeah. You know my name. And as I just sit there and look, I, I just feel like he knows me. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just like he didn't forget about me. Because, you know, it's like I've been praying a lot of prayers. They hadn't gotten answered. So did, do you know me? Am I still there? Did you break up with me? <laughs> like, like, where are we? And so yeah. you're right. I mean, carving out that time is real. What's another practical piece? I mean, we've got to make some choices. And, sure. And, and one of the other practical pieces we talked about was even just finding music that worship music that appeals to you. That, yeah, yeah, find find a music that speaks to you. Yeah, um, we we do um, uh, many different artists songs on a Sunday morning, and uh, if you look around the room, we have lots of different uh, cultures and age groups and different denominations re represented in this room. Um, but for me, in my personal time, there's some there's like my go to like I know this album or this song or whatever mm. speaks to me personally kind of mm. where I'm at yeah and so um, just discovering and trying to discover what speaks to you what genre of music uh, or excuse me what artist um, or, or song speaks to you uh, you know with Spotify and with iTunes music and yeah. all of that now there is a wealth of worship music yeah. from all different cultures and all different styles and anything from big band <laughs> to somebody just with an acoustic guitar um, that can that can really meet you where you're at, and so um, just kind of trial and error, f figuring out what works is really good. And and Church on the Hill actually has a Spotify playlist that represents kind of our flavor um, that we from different types of worship teams that we put together. You'll notice the songs that we sing on Sunday. You can't get to that many. We can't do all the songs that we'd like to do. Um, and so, but we have a, a Spotify playlist. It's listed under Church on the Hill Texas. It's a little hard to find because there's a lot of church on the hills out there. So the best way to get to that playlist, and you could kind of follow that. We're constantly adding new yeah. songs and new new worship teams that we like and, and that we draw from. And uh, you can find that through our, go to our, our Facebook page, and we have links there for it, as well as 
our in, on our Instagram. And so if you're yeah. following us on any of those, you can click on that. That's been posted out there this weekend, so you can find them and just kind of start following that, that Spotify. Music really does affect us, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing, you know, you, you, when you watch these guys like before a football game or something like that, they'll get in the locker room, they've all got their headsets on, and, you know, they, if they want to fire themselves up, you know, they were listening to something, you know, whatever, they just to get yeah. them hyped up or just, you know, it affects our emotions, the way we think, and music throughout the years, for thousands of years, music has been the way that people indoctrinate people. Yeah. It's the bottom line. It's the way they indoctrinate them. In other words, to get you to think a certain way by saying something repetitively over and over in some type of sing-song format causes you to start believing that even if you don't realize it. And so you're listening to murderous rap, you're going <laughs> to be an angry individual. You're listening to, you know, this or that or the other. It's going to affect you. You know, you listen to all this music about cheating on your spouse. You're going to have these thoughts. I, I don't know why I keep feeling like I want to run off on my wife. Well, I tell you, what are you feeding from, bro? And so yeah. I, I think it's critical. Music has the ability to affect us. And there's some practical things. You need to switch out some of your times. Not that, you know, all music is wicked and terrible, and, but that you should have these times where you literally draw from the presence of the Lord through worship. And it's, yeah. it's at Spotify, we've got some good Spotify playlists. Now, you know, probably people are looking at you going, well, that's easy for you to say, Lance, you're, you're on staff at a church. I guess you can, you can carve out any kind of time you want, but you've only been with on, on full-time staff with us for, for a couple of years, yeah. but you've been our worship leader from the inception of this church. Yep. And you would lead worship on Sundays, but the rest of the time you, you worked some pretty difficult jobs. I mean, yeah. you did construction. I mean, kind of yeah. share that with us. Uh, I, let's see, I installed DirecTV for a time. Um, I have installed doors and windows, done any number of kind of general construction stuff. I guess I'm Amish, so that's what, you know. That's... So, uh, yeah, in the blood. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I just just any so, so how did you, I mean, the, I mean, the point is, is that, yeah. so the rest of us, we all have everyday life sure. and jobs. How do sure. you worship God? I'm sitting in a cubicle. Right. You know, or I, I'm, on, I'm on site, you know, yeah. doing this. You know. Well, it all goes back to that conscious choice, making a conscious choice and finding that window of time. Um, in the car is a perfect example. So if I'm on the, on the way to a job site and I've got 15 minutes and put on some worship music, instead of turning on the radio or turning my brain off or whatever, um, even while I'm, while I was working, I would be, I, I work by myself. So I'd be installing doors or installing a window, um, and have, have my in-ears in and just listen to worship music or listen to the Bible app going while I'm going in the background. And it's amazing the, the, again, just the peace that can come over you when you put in that, you get into that good flow and you yeah. just absorb that, that, that you would message. say to me, you would even be, you'd be installing a window at this lady's house. She told me this a couple times over the years. You're installing at these people's house, putting a door, window in, and you're yeah. humming, singing along. You got your headset, you know, worship, and they would stop you. Yeah. And like, what are you singing? Like, yeah. I don't, what do you, what do you, and you would. A couple really cool opportunities just to share the gospel. I'm a worship leader. You know, I leave worship at my church and I listen to worship music. What does that mean? Oh, well, serving Jesus and just really good, good way to open the door yeah. uh, to, to that kind of conversation. Yeah. And, and worship is medicinal, isn't it? Yeah. It really 100%. is. Worship is yeah. medicinal. I need you to understand that. And I don't know if you, you know this, but statistically, 79% of Americans are stressed out. Uh, uh, the a Gallup poll in 2017 identified that 79% that of Americans are stressed out 
afflicted by stress so bad. In fact, 91% of uh, American women say they hate their bodies. They're stressed out about that. 65% of millennials, 18 to 35, 65% of them say, I hate my job. I'm stressed out about it. In fact, I'm trying to make a career shift over the next two years. So we're talking about an entire generation that is stressed out. There's many reasons, from social media to the pressures that we live under, you know, having families, blah, 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 all these different things that, that we're stressed out over. And I want you to understand that we medicate. You may not even know it's medic you, you're medicating, but you do it. Each and every one of us, to relieve stress, have our go-to medication. Some, some of us, we overeat. Some of us, we consume media. We just, like, get home, and I don't want to talk to anybody. It's been a tough day. Flip on the TV. Go sit in your back room watching your Netflix shows. Whatever it is, we all medicate. Some people drink alcohol to medicate. Some people have substance abuse issues because they medicate. Every one of us medicate in some kind of capacity. And I want you to understand, that's not new. So I want to show you a scripture where the Lord literally is teaching us in Ephesians chapter 5 on how we can medicate with the stresses of life. If you'll turn to Ephesians 5, verse 18, it's also on the screen for you. It says, do not get drunk with wine or own wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so what you've got is, so this is, this, is, uh, this is Christian leaders saying to Christians, book of Ephesians, Christian leaders saying to Christians, hey Christians, stop getting drunk with wine. Now you guys, we know that drinking alcohol is not a sin, getting drunk is a sin, but I've got a surefire way for you to never get drunk. Don't drink alcohol. So, so the reason we do that, though, the reason why, they're, and they're challenging the church, they stop getting drunk. Yeah. Stop medicating with alcohol. And listen, I don't know anybody who drinks alcohol that's not trying to curve their stress, that's not trying to just kind of, you know, get, get, you know just curve the, 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 the frustrations, the emotions of it all. That's really why people do it. Otherwise, because the flavor's not that good. I don't care what it is. It's not that great. Just give me a Dr. Pepper. But at the end of the day, what's happening is people are trying to curve that. We do that with other things over eating we do that with like we said with media and things like that and so the scriptures are challenging us don't do that instead be filled with the holy spirit yeah and in the result and being filled with the holy spirit this is how that'll come out worship and as you're worship sing songs to one another make music in your heart towards god sing out to god why because worship is medicinal it literally sets the pace. It sets the atmosphere. When the atmosphere is stressed out, when the atmosphere is frustrating, when you and I are just can't, like, we can't, like, I just, I'm going to kill her. If I see her today at work, I'm telling you, I'm going to stab her. What do I do? And what, what, what we've learned to do is to worship. We have learned, literally, to change the atmosphere by practically engaging in worship. By you and I stopping the moment and not medicating the way the world does. And again, that's what Ephesians is warning them. Say, listen, you guys are medicating on alcohol. Don't do that. Be filled with the Spirit. You don't need that. Sing songs. And that'll change the atmosphere. It'll relieve the stress. We'll give you an example of that now. Come on, let's, let's show them. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Worship you, Jesus. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I will worship your holy name. Sing it again, bless the Lord, bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, I will worship his holy name. Sing like never before, sing 
shifted see how even the sort the service shifted whatever whatever you were thinking about it just shifted why because we took the thoughts of our brain the atmosphere around us and we set it all aside and we began to worship and as we did you felt his presence respond and literally shifting the presence see you don't need to medicate with all those other things it's hard sometimes because that's what we're used to doing and for some of you that's why you all you can't he's like man I can't stop smoking dope and that's because that's how you deal with stress. That's how you deal with the frustrations of life. I can't stop doing this or I can't stop looking at porn or I can't stop doing this or I can't stop you know, yelling and, and having these fits of rage. That's because that's your release, if you will. That's how you're trying to get it all out. That's how you're just like, I'm tired of holding it in. I'm tired of, I'm tired of being somebody's you know, doormat. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm about to lose it. Well, I would teach you, and the scripture seems like it's pretty clear here that instead of that, Instead of those things, alcohol it's specifically talking about here, but why not be filled with the Spirit and begin to worship? And in that worship, it shifts. You, you just felt it. You sensed it as we being, began to worship. Now, there's some practical pieces mm -hmm. to worship. There's some practical pieces to our public and corporate worship as a community of Church on the Hill. And we want to teach you a little bit about that and some things that you can adjust a little bit and maybe help you engage with the Lord. And it starts with uh, the attitude. Yeah. What drives our culture of worship here at Church on the Hill? There's some attitude things that are, real that are real definitive to us that I'm very passionate about and that I would teach you from Scripture. And some of you don't quite have that yet, and I want you to learn that here and now. The first attitude, if we're going to come together in public worship, that you have to shift in your brain is you need to start walking in an attitude of joy. Yeah. An attitude of joy. Listen, life sucks sometimes, but God. Right. He's been good to us. Yeah. We don't deserve his love. He's been gracious to us, and that should give you joy. Look what it says here in Psalms chapter 100 and verse 1 and 2. Shout for joy to the Lord, yeah. all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. When we come together, you need to shift your attitude from, man, we had a bad drive over. I thought I was going to murder the little one because he threw up all over the place. I thought, you know, I, I almost turned around and went home. But when you walk into our gathering, anytime you come before the Lord, you need to shift your attitude from, my life isn't good, this isn't good, I don't like that song, I don't like how loud it is, to, God, you are amazing, yeah. shouts of joy. Why? Yeah. Because attitude determines altitude. That's right. Attitude you can make a choice about, and it will shift all the culture around you it will shift it if you've got a bad attitude it affects us yeah. we had a lady in our church years ago who she was working um she worked for this restaurant that was a pretty famous restaurant in the area and she was their accountant she got there early one morning was counting the money from the night before that had been locked in the safe and people broke into the office and a man shot her four or five times in the head and uh, it was a small caliber uh, pistol. She lived through it, but kept a bullet. They got a couple of them, but one stayed in her, in her head. Any, she was affected physically. She was affected mentally. Mm -hmm. And she would be in our church in the middle of worship. And all of a sudden, you'd hear her go, Hallelujah! And I would always like, oh, God, please let no one new be here today. Please let uh -huh. no one new be here. Oh, my God, they're going to think we're crazy. And the reason why she would shout for joy is because she was grateful to be alive. Yeah. Yeah, And she made a determination that every day and every time she got in the presence of the Lord, she would give him the praise that he was worthy of for the fact that she was still alive. 
shouts of joy. We have to have an attitude of joy when we gather to worship. When you get before the Lord, shift your attitude to an attitude of joy. You do that with our worship team. I mean, you won't let them walk out on the stage with a bad attitude. Yeah. Yeah, Speak to that a little bit. Well, I think there's a there's a principle that is very true that um, when you give in to fear, doubt, unbelief, uh, bitterness, all of that kind of stuff, you're fueling that. Mm. You're giving that power. Yeah, that's true. And so when you choose joy in spite of that, you're taking away power from from that thing. Yeah. We tell our teams all the time, um, if you can't push through what you're going through on stage, how can you expect anybody else that's right. that you're trying to lead in worship to do that? Yeah. And so we really encourage everybody um, uh, that, that steps on the stage and that grabs a mic or grabs an instrument um, to, to do that, to choose joy. And it's, it's been awesome because as new people come on the team, you can watch them as they're leading a song or something. You can see some of them, the way they concentrate looks like they're mean mugging you the whole time. Because <laughs> they don't want to miss their words. They're like trying to concentrate because it's kind of intimidating to stand in front of all of you and you got cameras and all those kind of things. And so we've had to coach them, listen. It's okay. Yeah. Even if you mess up, just lead us in worship. Smile. Yeah. It's good. Set the attitude of joy for us. Create yeah. that atmosphere for Absolutely. us. Because you're mean mugging us, and you don't realize, really? I'm mean mugging? Yes. You are mean looking. <laughs> like, man, you're scaring us. Like, I'm not sure if I want to sing this song with you. And it, 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 So that's the attitude of joy. Here's the second attitude that you need to learn to carry and shift into, and that is an attitude of expectancy. Yeah. Expectancy. When we gather in worship, you need to expect to meet with God. You need to expect that He is here yeah. to speak to you, to heal you, to, to, to miracles. Because what? In, in, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. Where two or more are gathered in His name, there He is in the midst. God does miracles in our midst. And as we worship him and we cry out to him, you need to expect a response. You need to respect a download. You need to expect, excuse me, you need to expect that God is going to talk to you and heal you and fix you. That's why we engage with the living God. There's a man who just passed, one of my heroes, been a member of our church the last couple years. And uh, I tell you, this, this man is so phenomenal. He's been a missionary in Haiti for the last 40 years. Brother Lee Sullivan passed away just a couple days ago. And Brother Lee would come, for the last year and a half, his body has been shutting down. And they would call me. Brother Lee's in the hospital, Pastor Adam. I'm like, okay, we'd all rush over there. And then he would survive and he'd get out. He did that probably this last year, I don't know, Daniel and Cindy, how many times? Probably 20 times. And we'd all go visit him in the hospital. And I'll never forget... Every time he'd be in the hospital, he would show up here the next Sunday morning. He'd have, he'd come walking in, just like, and I was like, Brother Sullivan, you were in the hospital last night. What are you doing here? And he said the same thing to me for the last two years. When I get in the presence of the Lord, my yeah. body responds, yeah. and I have strength and vitality when I worship alongside the people of God. Jesus. Wow. I'm telling you. Good. That man outlived his body at least the last two years. That body kept shutting down, and he kept getting here. And he would, you'd see him over there. He'd start lifting his hands, and it would be painful. And he'd start listening. And by the end of it, he'd go whistling out of here. Go whistling on out. Woo, good message, Pastor Adam. Good message. Woo, that worship, Pastor Lance, that was awesome. He had an understanding. That is, when I get in the presence of God, I expect supernatural things to happen. When I come before him, I have an attitude of expectancy. Some of you come, and you're like this. Proved to, I don't even like y'all songs. 
Like this ain't my style of music. And so, and that, and somebody needs to put that baby in the nursery because that baby's loud. <laughs> and your coffee wasn't good. And you had these attitudes. You got to shift those. When you come in the presence of the Lord, when we worship together corporately, you need to expect the supernatural to happen. Amen? Yeah. Somebody say amen. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, expect miracles. Tell them that. Yeah. Here's a third attitude shift that I want to be sure that you make and that you walk in. Because our culture, this is our culture. We're going to have an attitude of joy when we worship. Why? Because the Bible says rejoice. Yeah. Rejoice. Rejoy it. Rejo- re- you know how somebody always re-gifts to you? And you're like, dude, that's a re-gift. You didn't like that gift. I'm going to tell you that right now. That word rejoice is to joy again and a joy again and joy again, even if you don't feel it, even if you don't like it. Rejoice in the Lord. That's what the Bible teaches us to do when we come. And then an attitude of expectancy. And then the third attitude shift that I want us to be sure that you make or that you walk in, and that is an attitude of authenticity. An attitude of authenticity. I don't know if you've ever been around people who are fake. I can't stand it. Oh, my Jesus. I just can't stand it. I can't, hallelujah, bless God, brother, amen. <laughs> I just, something happens, I, I start, I want to punch them. I don't know why. I just want to hit them. I just like, it's like I want to crack the plastic, you know what I'm saying? It's like, somebody should crack it, and my knuckles will do it. You know, that's just kind of my, it's, it's sinful, I know, and I repent of it after the fact, but nonetheless, it rises up inside of me. Why? Because we all want to be around authenticity. Yeah. Our God is real and authentic and he doesn't play games one of the things i would coach you in is when you get in the presence of the lord shift your attitude want to worship you right now throughout the psalms god i need you yeah and i i I don't want to worship you right now because i'm mad about this and this but i choose to worship you i make a choice see that's being authentic we used to have some friends and they caught they were mean they were just mean and rude and they called it being authentic we said and i would always tell them that's not being real that's being rude And there's a difference between being real and being rude. You can be authentic and make a choice not to be rude. You can, you, can, you can be authentic. And, and all throughout Scripture, we find it. All throughout, all throughout the, the Psalms, we find them saying, and my enemies were camped around me. You understand the Psalms are songs. The book of Psalms is a collection of songs that the Israelites sang in the presence of the Lord. And, and, and that they wrote. And it was like poems that they wrote to God. And then they would sing them. And that's how they passed down their culture to their children. And we sing those in more modern ways even today. And, 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 so, and so they would sing and they would make melody in their hearts. They would teach that culture to their children. And they would teach them that there should be an authenticity. And all throughout the Psalms, you see it. You see David saying, saying my enemies camped around about me. They decided they wanted to kill me. I, was, I asked, where are you, God? Why have you abandoned me? Yet, I know that you love me from the depths of the earth. I cried to you and I asked you to run to me quickly, Lord. I looked at the sinners. David said, I looked at the sinners. He's singing the song. I looked at the sinners. They didn't have any problems. They didn't worry about nothing. They didn't call to you. They didn't care. And yet their life was great. And I looked at them and I almost lost my footing. I, almost, I, want, I coveted what they had. And then I realized, wait a minute, their end is death. And my God is always there for me. And no matter what I go through, my God will lift me yeah. up. These are the songs. When you worship, it should be authentic. When you get before the Lord, it should be authentic. You, you, you shouldn't be you know, fake in that whole thing. And, and I know for you as a worship leader, you really strive to be authentic with us and, yeah. and, and, and lead us in an authentic style of worship. For sure. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it just goes back to uh, uh, being who you are and, and, and you gotta, you got to balance, right? Um, you got to balance between what am I feeling? Am I really, I'm really feeling, you know, 
yeah. uh, downcast and depressed or whatever. And so um, make that choice, but making that choice and yeah. be like, all right, I'm going to be real. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to admit, okay, I'm feeling this way, but in spite of this, I'm going to choose joy. Yep. I'm going to worship you yep. and just doing it. So as we're talking about the way. practical pieces of worship, first off, there's a practical attitude shift. Yeah. And then there's some practical actions. I want to cover those with you for just a moment. You'll find in our corporate worship, some practical actions. That is our culture here at church on the hill. First and foremost is that we lift our hands. We lift our hands. You say, well, why do you lift your hands? I don't really like that. Why do you lift your hands? Well, because Psalms 134.2 says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Yep. I don't, I don't yeah. like it either. The first time I did it, I felt like I was putting a shovel up in the air. <laughs> you know, and it's like, uh, and then, you know, I never lifted my hand at school because that means they were going to ask you, call on you. If I had the answer, I might have lifted my hand, but I never had the answer. So lifting your hand. And, and, and for me, the only time I lifted my hands is when the popo was there. You know, lift you, freeze. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so, and so for us, you've got to understand, though, we lift our hands not because a denomination does it, because we're following someone else. Psalms 134.2 says, lift up your hands. Yeah. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Yeah. When we gather, now I know some of you may not get that up there, and I can't hold my hands up the whole time, and I don't do that. But it is a beautiful act of worship when we lift up our hands. I don't, why do you think that it's so important in Scripture? That I mean, what do you think is happening there when we lift our hands? Yeah, I think, I think it's just a simple sign of surrender. Yeah. It's, it's okay, Lord, you can have, you think about um, medieval times when they would fight with swords and spears and all that kind of stuff. If I'm lifting my hands, I am foregoing any kind of defense that I can put in front of you, true. and I'm exposing all of my vital areas, yeah, everything that is vital. Good. And so when we do that, it is, a, it is a moment. Man, there's something powerful about, like, I'm going through this, I'm fighting this, I'm fighting this battle, but God, you're in control. Help Lord, me, you're in control. Or my heart know. feels this way, and I can't forgive yeah. this person, but God... You, you do your work. Come on, do your work, because I can't do it. Lord knows I can't do it. Yeah. It's powerful. Here's a second action that's part of our culture, and that is when we worship, we actually stand up. I don't think there's anything evil about sitting down, or, but we actually stand up. You say, well, Pastor, why do we stand up? Why does Church on the Hill stand up during worship? Well, because Nehemiah chapter 9, <laughs> verse 5 says, stand up. And praise the Lord your God, who is from everlasting to everlasting. I told you, if you've been through our growth track, I told you. People ask me, what type of church are you guys? We're, we're a non-denominational church, not affiliated with denominational. But here's who we are. We are a Bible-centered, spirit-led church. That's yeah. who we are. If yeah. it's in the Bible, we don't do it. Yeah. If it ain't in the Bible, we don't do it. And so the Bible tells us in Nehemiah 5, 9, 5, stand up. So we stand up there and worship. We do it because the Bible tells us to. Yeah. Because the Bible is our, if you will, guiding light. It's right. a light unto my feet. Yeah. It, 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 it gives me the, the, the step to take next. It shines forth. If you've ever been in darkness out in the woods, you needed that flashlight because you didn't know where that next stump was going to be or that next tree. <laughs> you need that light. The Bible says the Word of God is like, why do you think standing up is significant? Why do you think the Bible asks us to do that? What's yeah, two things. I think, first of all, it's a, it's a sign of respect. You think about mm -hmm. going into a courtroom and what happens when the judge comes into the room. All rise, everybody stand up, right? We're, yeah. it's, it's just a sign of respect. Number two, I think it's a sign of unity, that we're going to stand together, that we are um, uh, going to make an effort to lift up the, 
the name of the Lord and to glorify him and to give him the respect he's due. Yeah, I really think, you know, to the respect thing, you know, I know how, I don't know how your house is, but if I, when I come home and my kids are sitting on the couch watching TV or playing video games, I expect them to get up out of their chair and come hug their dad. Mm-hmm. You say, well, why do you do that? Because I'm paying for that dog on TV and I'm paying <laughs> for that Nintendo. Yeah. And doggone, you're going you're gonna to show me the respect I'm, I'm due as your daddy and as the person who uh, is fighting for you every day to see, make you uh, see you become the person for our, for our community that you're supposed to be. Yeah. And so I, I think, I, I, shame on you if you don't teach your kids to stand when, pe- when, when, when I'm at, at, here at my office. If, if somebody walks in the room, I, I stand up, shake their hand. Yep. You, say, you say, well, that may be a reason why you're not getting a job. That's exactly right. You don't know how to show respect. You stand up, shake somebody's hand, look them in the eye. And so I believe that it is a great sign of respect when yeah. we stand. Here's a third piece that's kind of, you know, a part of our culture that you, you need to understand is that we all sing out. We all sing out. You say, well, why do we do that, Pastor? Why do you expect all of us to sing? I have a terrible voice. I, you don't want to hear me sing, Pastor. Like, like, like the neighbors turn the water off when I'm in the shower because they don't want it reverberating throughout the neighborhood. Well, let me tell you why we all sing out. Psalms <laughs> chapter 98 and verse 4 says, make a joyful noise. I know some of you, it's just a noise. It's okay. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Yeah. All the earth. Yeah. Not just the worship leaders. All the earth. I Listen, I bet most of us are not going to win the voice next, next year. Uh, or the next American Idol. But that's not what he's asking. He says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Make a loud noise yeah. and rejoice and sing praises. You know, you know why that is? Because he loves your noise. Yeah. He loves your noise. You think about your kids when they were little. And they would start singing. It's like, you just love to hear them sing and talk. And you just love to. Uh, the other day I was watching Jeopardy. I love game shows. And there was this little girl who was a contestant. She had the worst voice I've ever heard in my life. It was terrible. Amen, um, Alex, I'll take, you know, people lot living for 400. It was weird like that. I mean, it was weird. And I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, oh, Lord, I hope she doesn't win the next question because I don't want to hear her voice anymore. <laughs> and, I, and as soon as I said that, I had this thought. That's a voice only a mama or a daddy can love right there. And the Lord spoke to me. He goes, exactly. And that's what it is when you sing. You're a voice that only I can love. I want you to know something. He loves your voice. Why? Because he made you. Yeah. And your voice is definitive. It's yours. It's what's in you. And you in your heart. And your and your voice singing out to him. And and I promise you, we play the music loud enough where everyone else can't hear you. So it's okay. <laughs> Why we do it. And we actually have earplugs for those of you that are, you know, suffering. We do. In the back, they're free. Pick them up at the back. You're like, it's so loud. I got earplugs for you. It's no big deal. Speak to that, though, about, you know, how we all sing out. I mean, what, 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 for you as a worship leader, you, it's important that everybody's with you. Yeah, yeah. Again, just a sign of unity and a sign that we're all in this together. Um, I remember growing, growing up in church, there was this lady, and I'll never forget this, it marked me for forever. She would be on the front row. Five feet up from the front row at the stage, singing loud, and she could not hit a right note ever. Like she, every <laughs> note was off key, and it was bad. And she did not care. Did she not. didn't care what you thought or what anybody That's else right. thought. She, her heart and her mind was focused on the Lord, and she said, "I'm going to sing out regardless." That's right. And everybody in the church heard her because she was the loudest person singing in the room. That's right. 
off note and off key and everything. And um, again, I, we're, listen, there's no judgment here. Yeah. Listen, I, if, if, sing out, declare your love to the Lord. Uh, help us sing these songs. That's very important. Which brings us to kind of the last piece of action in our corporate worship, and that is, is that we all sing, is that we all engage Jesus together. Yeah. Uh, nothing is more frustrating than for you to be having a conversation with somebody and they're texting the whole time. Or our family, when we sit around the table to have dinner, and we're engaging in discussion, and this one over here doesn't really care, and so they're doing something on their phone. Or if you're in a staff meeting, and someone's sharing something, and two or three people over here are having their own little private engagement, there needs to be a togetherness yeah. in our worship that we're all focused on the living God, that we're engaged with Jesus together, that no one's getting left behind, no one has any side deals going, that, as Pastor Lance keeps talking about unity, that we all, that we all do it together. The word unity... Um, is used throughout the Holy Scriptures, especially in the New Testament, and it's used to dictate, or excuse me, to communicate that what the church is supposed to be. It says we're supposed to be unified. And it uses that word, but the Greek word that we translate into unity, the Greek word is symphono, which is actually where we get our word symphony. And so unity for us as we gather and worship, it should be a unified engagement with Jesus all together. Yeah. And that word symphono or symphony, if you think about I, I don't like classical music, but what's beautiful about a symphony is that you've got scores and scores of instruments playing together, yeah. hitting the right note together in rhythm together. You've got the winds and you've got the drum sections. You've got all these you got all of these, the string sections and that's why people who love the symphony, they're just blown away because this one is hitting their spot right in time and this one, and it's it sounds as one piece with a lot of parts and that literally is what corporate worship should be. Yeah. Your part is critical. If you're not playing your part if you're not singing out, if you're not engaging Jesus with us, we're missing a fulfillment in the presence of the Lord. There's something missing. I, I, I picture that God's like, man, this is really beautiful, but there's something missing. Oh, she's not engaged with me right now. Oh, that's so sad. And I think that you and I have to understand when we come in that you have a role to play, and that is to engage. Play your instrument, girlfriend. Sing out to God. Engage with us to the Lord as one team, one movement going forward. And I know that's real critical for you guys. You don't want to just stand up here and sing songs. Right. Yeah, we, we, we say all the time, we, don't, we lead worship, we don't sing songs. Um, I love the unity piece, and, and I love that scripture that says a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And the reality is you need support. You need people in your life. You need a community. Just like I needed growing up to be in a church of, of healthy men and women and, and, and who were who just doing their best to chasing love the Lord. Jesus. You yeah. chasing Jesus, you need that. Listen... Yeah. No wonder you. No wonder when you when you come in, you're, you're fighting with depression and you're fighting these things, and it's hard to engage because if you're not com connected and you're not part of a community, then you're on your own. Yeah, and that's that's a place of weakness. It is. You know what I love about us and what we always say here is that our worship team is not a band. Yeah, they're not a band. They're not performing for us. They are leading us yeah. in worship, and we do something culturally that maybe the 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 congregation doesn't know about. Um, but we don't hire out musicians, right. whereas the majority of churches in the Metroplex, they pay all the musicians. Yeah. 
And we don't, singers, yeah. yeah, we don't do that. Speak to that. Why we don't? It's not that we're against it. It's just we don't because it's not our culture. Yeah, our culture is different. There are some churches who will pay the band and pay all the singers. And I got a friend. He makes a good living at it. He goes from church to church yeah. every every weekend and playing. Yeah, it's very common in Dallas, especially. Um, but what I love is this picture that when when the men and women who are up on the stage when they get up to lead in worship, these are not just um, people who are here for a gig. Yeah. These people are starting small groups. They're discipling people. They're um, helping a lot. They're helping in the youth group. They're helping in young adult ministry. They're their family. Some, a lot of them on their off weeks, they're helping in the cafe or they're helping with their ki- with the kids. They are family. They are part of the community. Yeah. And so that togetherness piece is really important for us. Yeah, it really is. I, for for me as a lead pastor, it was real difficult as we started this church because we didn't have really any musicians to yeah. start with and so you know there'd be weeks that we didn't have a drummer we didn't have and pastor lance would come to me and say listen we will not have a drummer this sunday and uh, but i got a friend and for three hundred dollars he'll come play our service and i really could use him and i would say well lance i don't know the guy and i he's not in our in our family i don't know what because in my mind the people on the stage they are setting the atmosphere yeah what's in them is coming out to us and if there's hidden sin in them, that's spiritually being propagated. Mm. And so I was like, I, I said, Lance, I don't want to do that. I would rather, talking about being authentic, I would rather us maybe not be as, as professional and maybe not hit all the licks right, but a bunch of people who want to serve Jesus and a bunch of people who are, who are of our family unit who wants to lead us into his presence. Yeah. And that's yeah. been our culture from the very beginning. And so every one of these people you see leading, they're not getting paid. It's not, it, it is their gift and their calling, and they're helping propagate you and me into the presence. They're leading us into the yeah. presence of the Lord. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, there have been some articles out recently about these guys who are going from church to church, you know, playing musicianship, and, and, and interviewed this guy interviewed a bunch of them, and they were telling stories like, yeah, I'm in the bar on Friday night, and then I, I do this gig on Saturday night, and then I go play this particular church. And as they interviewed these guys, they were talking about being stoned and loaded as they played at that church. Big name churches that we would all know about in this area. One guy testifies, said, yeah, I don't, I don't want that yeah. being proper. You know, they just needed a good drummer, so I play for them. And I just, I don't want you feeding off of that. I don't want that yeah. being propagated to you. Absolutely. So guess what? I would rather not have professional musicians, but people who are learning their gift and getting better. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. So, and there have been some times, there have been some times, and we laugh about this around the office all the time. A couple months ago, whoever was playing drums or bass or whatever, they were way off. And Pastor Lance was so frustrated because it was not in rhythm, and we were all sitting here trying to worship, and it wasn't going good. And I don't know who, who was at that service, but all of a sudden, he started doing this because he couldn't get their attention because they were just, you know, doing whatever they were doing. So he just starts waving at them. I'm standing on the front row. I am laughing so hard. I'm like, oh, my God, because he's got this long arm span, you know, so it looks like an albatross. You know, he's like, he's like doing this kind of thing, right? And meantime, the drummer's just, he's just, he not even, he knows he sucks, but he keeps trying to find the pocket and he can't get it. And finally, he looks up and Lance is like, rah! And the guy stops playing and then Lance goes, now come on, everybody, we're just gonna go into this next song and it's gonna be beautiful. I got to laughing so hard. I was like, and we make a joke of that today. It's I like, was not laughing. Yo, uh, <laughs> you weren't who we were. Uh, but that's the point authenticity. See, I'd rather have real people who are figuring it out and learning, and maybe that doesn't look good on a live stream, and maybe that's not, that's not going to be the best post and social media, and we're not going to impress your friends who are church hoppers, but at the end of the day, 
I'd rather put men and women to lead us in worship who love yeah. Jesus, who love us, and are just doing yeah. their best to use their gift. That's, that's who we are. That's all things. Well, you know, I hope that today you've learned a couple of pieces. First off, our culture, that we're going to have the right attitudes and we're going to have the right actions. I don't think that, I don't think that the Lord um, <clears throat> is displeased if you can't lift your hands. I just want you to know why we do it. We do it because the scriptures. If you're, if you're struggling with your knees and you can't stand up, I, I, I don't think that you're a second-rate Christian because you have to sit down. I just want you to know why we do it, what the scripture says. I want you to understand that we need us together to worship together and sing forth his praises. And that this is not a performance. This group of people, they're not professional musicians trying to impress you. I mean, can you imagine a white guy trying to learn some gospel songs so we can be multiracial or trying to learn some little, little uh, Hitana music on the side to try to bring that flavor to, and, and trying to do a hymn to kind of appeal to, 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 to hit the part for some of you that have been in church a long time and you, you miss the hymns. And we're trying to bring all of that culturally together for a multicultural church, multi-generational you know, uh, church. It is not an easy task. They are not performing. They could easily just pick you know, their favorite song, you know, Bethel-style worship or whatever, and just play that. But then we would only be those type of people, and it would not hit each and every one of us. And we want to be a multiracial, multigenerational church. And that is... That shows out in our, in our worship, and I appreciate yeah. for that. Would you stand with me all across the room? Would, could we do this? Could we take the message today and practically apply it? Could we put into practice what we've shared with you today and what we've, if you will, encouraged you in and potentially even taught you? Could we start by shifting our attitude to an attitude of joy? Right there, out of your own mouth, will you tell the Lord that you love him, that you're grateful for him? All the, Jesus, we love, thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing my life. Thank you for shifting, Lord God, my, my direction. I was headed down the wrong path, and you shifted me, God. Can we just now lift our hands before the Lord? Can we sing together and worship together? Could you maybe, for the first time, hear yourself sing out to how good he is as we sing this song together? You won't fail me. You won't fail me now in the waiting. Well, the same God. The same God is never, never late. He's working all things we work. out. He's working all things out. Yes, yes, I will. That you have in the lowest We choose to worship yes, with us. Yes, I will. That's your name.
bow your heads and close your eyes and look at for just a moment. Thank you. This is a real practical message. We wanted, our heart is that our church will be a church where God is glorified, that Jesus Christ is lifted high, and that we are true worshipers. The Bible says that true worshipers must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Genuine Christians must be worshipers, spirit and in truth. Today, with your head bowed and your eye closed, maybe you say, Pastor, been sitting here listening to you talk about worshiping and the truth of the matter is I'm not even a Christian I'm pretty sure if I died today pastor I wouldn't go to heaven friend I know exactly where you're at I was there oh but Jesus had mercy on me maybe you say pastor I used to be a Christian but man life happened sin kind of wooed me away from God and I just I'm embarrassed of it I'm humiliated friend can I just help you you wouldn't be here today if you didn't have some kind of love for God in your heart. You didn't get, nobody tricked you. You didn't think you were coming to a club. When you pulled up, you didn't think it was a golf course. You came here because something inside of you wants God. And maybe you are ashamed of the sin you've been living in. I want you to know he wants to wash away that shame today. You've been away from God or you've never been a Christian. I'd like to help you. I'd like to introduce you to Jesus. The Bible says it like this. If you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he's the Christ, the son of the living God, that he would forgive you. He'd forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's what it says. So today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, do you understand you're just, you're just a moment away from being cleansed and right with the Lord? All you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. The expectation is through that process that you and Jesus become best friends. That's the expectation, that, he, that you let him be the Lord of your life. And then what happens from that point forward is the little sin stuff that we all, all seem to be, you know, overwhelmed by, they begin to fall off as the, as, the, as the relationship begins to build. It's more about the relationship and not about do's and don'ts. And some of you have been in churches that taught you be good, don't be bad. Well, if you could be good, you would have. What you need is a relationship with the living God. Because in relationship, he'll give you strength to overcome all the sinfulness of this world. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're away from God or you've never been a Christian, I'd like to lead you in a prayer, a prayer of repentance, a prayer of making Jesus the Lord, a prayer of confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. I'd like to lead you in that. I've asked everyone to keep their head bowed, their eye closed, so this is a private moment. It's a deep, personal decision that has eternal effects, but it's a choice that you have to make. You, God won't push himself on you. He never forces his will on humanity. In fact, the old preacher said it like this. There's a door between you and God. And he's knocking. You have to open the door and let him in. The doorknob's on your side. He won't kick the door down. So today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you come to the revelation, the understanding, the decision that you want God in your life, you're tired of living the way you're living, you're tired of being shamed inside your heart because of the sin that you live in, and you want to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is the Christ, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. That's why I've got everybody's head bowed. Everybody's eyes are closed. But you do need to admit it to yourself. You do need to acknowledge that it's time and that you want Jesus in your life. And so with no one looking around, if that's you, say, Pastor, you're talking to me, then I want to pray with you. And I want you to lift your hand and acknowledge that to yourself and to heaven and to me. I quickly lift your hand. Pastor, pray for me. It's time to get right. If that's you, quickly lift your hand. God bless you, sweet love. Anyone else? Pray for me, Pastor. It's time. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir, for being real. Thank you for being authentic. Thank you. Yes, yes, indeed. Thank you. I'm not right with God, but I want to be right right now. I'm ready to confess with my mouth. 
believe in my heart that he's the Christ. I'm ready to make him the Lord of my life. Anyone else? Quickly throw your hand up. I'll give you about two more seconds. Make sure I see it. Anyone else? And then I see it. You can put your hands down. Thank you for your honesty. Now I'm going to lead you in a prayer of repentance, a prayer of dedication, a prayer of confessing. The Bible says that he's faithful and just, and he's going to cleanse you from all unrighteousness as you and I give ourselves to him. I'm going to ask everyone in the audience to pray out loud alongside of those who are calling out to God, maybe for the first time, or who are coming back to the Lord. I admit, all of your hearts. So let's pray it like this. Say, say, Jesus, today I admit I'm a sinner. I recognize I've sinned against you, but I ask you now to forgive me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. For me, I accept it. I accept your love. I accept your forgiveness. I ask you now, write my name in your book of life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I belong to you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed for just a moment. Father, I pray for those who lifted their hand and said, yes, I need to get right with God. I pray right now they would feel the peace that comes as they've repented, as they've asked you into their life. Lord, I thank you. There's, they don't have to do anything. You did it all 2,000 years ago. They don't have to lift up the big cross. It was already lifted. Now they take up their life and follow you. And Jesus, I ask you right now for peace. I ask you for joy. The Bible calls it the joy of their salvation. That inside of them, they start realizing, wait a minute, I'm forgiven. And that will begin to stir up joy inside of them. God, I ask you right now that they would feel and sense and know that though they stumble, though they may fall, that, Lord, when the lies come and say, oh, you didn't mean it, you don't really want to be a Christian, they say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I may not be perfect, but I am forgiven. And I, and I may stumble and I may fall, but I'm a son. I'm a daughter of the Most High God. And He's working all things out through me and in me. Jesus, let those prayers solidify in the thought process of these who made you the Lord. And may they never be the same. In Jesus' name. And all God's people agreed and said, amen, amen, amen.